Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. 15. Exclusions, restrictions, and more terms apply. See Lowe's.com slash L slash pro loyalty terms. Subject. Live from the Hogs Meat Market Studios, this is Out of Bounds. Uh, this The team right now is not playing with the same personality uh, as our past teams the last four years. And... Um, we got to get a lot better. I think we play three games in the next 20 days. And, uh, you know, rotations, um, roles, all those things are, are you know, there's going to be some changes. Yeah, yeah. With John Neighbors. Every time you put a mic in my face, I'm going to say Arkansas. And Joe Franklin. We won't go into shell. We won't go into attack mode. Because that's what's required. On 1037 The Buzz. to go. Appreciate everybody listening in on this beautiful day here in the great estate of Arkansas. John Neighbors, Joe Franklin, broadcasting live from the Hogsmeade Market Studios with you today. And thank you, as always, for making us a part of your afternoon. This afternoon, it has been a fun-filled show thus far on a Reaction Monday presented by Fleet Management Services. A lot of things to react to from the sports weekend. I know uh, we're going to have some uh, more news to talk about, and we'll get in the best and worst of the weekend because definitely some highlights and some lowlights that happened, and I think uh, Razorback basketball could definitely be one of those lowlights. But Razorback football continuing to have some great portal season, at least at the time being. Some guys leaving, but a lot of guys staying, and even got a big commitment out of the transfer portal just a mere hour ago at the quarterback position for Jay, uh, Taylor Green. So what does that mean for K.J. Jefferson and the others? Well, let's talk about all that as we go to the phone lines and welcome in Andrew Hutchinson of Best of Arkansas Sports into the show covering all things Arkansas Razorbacks and Andrew as always man appreciate you joining us how you doing this afternoon I'm well, doing good just staying busy with all the portal stuff yeah I know you're a busy man and we'll just start with the big news before we get into the other things too uh Taylor Green uh, he's a guy that's I, I've seen his highlights and he's a, a really a fun quarterback but 6'6 221 pounds a big guy uh didn't have the greatest numbers last year but just what can you tell us about Taylor Green and the fit that he has with Arkansas, and also what does that mean for the quarterback room in general? Yeah, so I'm just really starting to dive into to Green and just kind of what he brings to the table. Obviously, he's a, a dual-threat guy that had a really, really good redshirt freshman year last year. Uh, I believe he was named the Mountain West Freshman of the Year, uh, put up big numbers, uh, and then this year it didn't quite go the same. Uh, it appears like just kind of just a cursory uh, glance at it, it looks like they he has a different offensive coordinator, uh, and I think that may have played into it. And the, the quarterback situation, I saw some Boise State fans were very critical of how the uh, now-fired head coach was handling it with splitting reps with a true freshman, uh, kind of a two-quarterback two system. Uh, and you know how that sometimes goes. It doesn't always, <laughs> doesn't always work out well. They can't all be, you know, Florida with Chris Leak and Tim Tebow and uh, it appears that, that that maybe hurt him a little bit, but then you know he ended the year on a, on a high note, beating Barry Odom and UNLV in the Mountain West Championship game with a big time performance. So uh, he's an interesting prospect. You know, I, obviously he's making a, a jump up from the Mountain West to the SEC, uh, but he's a guy that I think uh, is it has a chance to, to be good. Uh, but as far as what it means for the rest of the quarterback room, that's that's the million dollar question right there because we still haven't heard what K.J. Jefferson is going to do. You know, it, it still seems like he's probably going to be moving on, probably entering the portal, but if he's going to do that, why hasn't he yet? It's been a week since the portal opened, and he didn't even have to wait for that day because he's a graduate. So he could have entered the portal as soon as the season ended, and he hasn't. So very interesting situation there. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it, it, even if K.J. comes back, they needed to add a quarterback just from a numbers perspective 
you know, just because they're they're losing Cade Fortin. You know, obviously he was a backup or whatever. Uh, but you need to have guys on campus that are capable of playing, even if, you know, KJ comes back, you got Jacoby Criswell, who knows what Malachi Singleton's going to do. But uh, just from a numbers perspective, they had to go get somebody from the portal, and this seems like a good one. That's probably the best point there, Andrew, that you need to have more than one quarterback now. Only one can play at a time, and everybody wants to play. So you would think with Taylor Green, the situation he was in, he's coming here you know, as, in the mindset of being a starter. But if he has to compete, he had to compete as his previous stop. So it only makes sense that he would come into here, you know, and try to get into a better situation. But if he has to compete, he'll be ready to go. Absolutely. I mean, I think that's probably what they're telling them is like, hey, come in and compete. You know, you've seen what, you know, there was at least a decent amount of film of Criswell, you know, Larry late in the season. So he could look at that and be like, all right, do you think you're better than this guy? Uh, and of course, Criswell is no stranger to the competition. You know, he had it, you know, two times over in North Carolina. Uh, so I think it's, it's a good situation, even if KJ moves on, that you're, you're going to get a competition. And, you know, who knows how they adapt to the Bobby Vitrino system. It's, it's not for everybody, and uh, we'll, we'll see whichever one of them kind of handles it better and, and wins that starting job. So looking at uh, another piece, which I know you wrote about it, uh, the tight ends. You have Luke Haz coming back, who announced it. Great. You got Ty Washington coming back. Great. Varquise Gums is coming back. And then you also throw in a new commitment out of the portal, uh, which uh, it's going to be fun to see and hear how everyone tries to pronounce his name. But uh, Andreas Paskey who uh, actually has some connections to Denmark and even knows Yelda Froholt, former Razorback, so connections there. But uh, what did you make of that move in getting him at the tight end position, and especially what seems like Arkansas has a, a lot of options at tight end already? Yeah, I mean, you didn't even mention the, the Juco commitment that yeah. they landed, and they've also got Shamar Easter still on, on the roster as well. So they seem to be loaded at tight end, and this guy didn't exactly put up big-time numbers at Eastern Michigan. Uh, so it was a little bit of a, a little bit of a head scratcher. I say I think that's how I described it in my story. But if you really look into it, this guy is not going to be someone they're throwing the ball to a lot. I mean, if at all, I think this guy is a, a blocking specialist, a guy that's going to run block for you. Maybe he could come in and give you a little bit of extra protection. We know that was an issue this past season, but uh, I think that's kind of what he's for. He's still young. I mean, he's only he was only Eastern Michigan for two years, so. Uh, he's got a couple of years. He's not like a guy that has to play next year. He's done. Um, so I guess it's just kind of a depth piece. Uh, very interesting that they would add one that early. You know, I'd like to see what they could, you know, what their other options were. But they maybe think like, hey, we're probably not going to land a big time transfer tight end because why would someone come here when they know they're probably going to be behind Lucas, probably going to be behind Ty Washington. You know, who knows if Marquise Gums could take a step. Who knows how Shamar Easter develops or the Juco kids. So uh, they do need a blocking tight end because Nathan Bax is out of eligibility. Uh, Francis Sherman technically could come back as a super senior, but I'm, I'm guessing by them adding this kid that, that Sherman's probably going to move on. Uh, and, you know, so they need, they need somebody. And uh, I guess this was the guy they found, and, and they like it. And, you know, hey, got the cool connection to Denmark, the Yelda Froholt. That's, uh, that's just kind of a you know, a bonus storyline to follow. For this Razorback team, they've already made moves with the quarterback position, offensive line, tight end. What kind of defensive moves do you anticipate from the transfer portal? Yeah, I mean, they're going to have to get some linebackers. Uh, I think that's uh, no question about it. You know, you lose Paul, you lose Jordan Crook. Uh, Manny Powell also moved on. Uh, Antonio Greer is out of eligibility. So you'll, you get Jaheim Thomas back. Presumably, even though his playing time dwindled there late in the year, and so it kind of was a weird situation there. So who knows? What, you know, let's just operate on the assumption that he's coming back. And you got some guys that that were freshmen this past year they really like. Uh, Brad Spence at the top of that list. Maybe Alex Stanford as well. So, I mean, you got some young guys there, but but you really need some more veteran guys to, to play there. So I think linebacker is probably the number one spot. Um, they're probably going to need to get some uh, a safety or two, some defensive backs, but particularly safeties, uh, especially depending on what you know. Does Hudson Clark come back? You know, we know Jane Johnson's coming back, uh, but you you are losing. You know, Walcott is gone. Uh, Malik Chavis entered the transfer portal, so uh, there there's some spots to fill there on the back end. You know, the defensive line I think really just kind of depends on 
what these what these potential super seniors do, especially in the interior, because we've already seen Torian Carter in the transfer portal, but there's I think three other defensive tackles that could potentially come back um, uh, with as a as a super senior. You know, Keevy Rose, Tank Booker, uh, those are the two main ones I can think of off the top of my head. You know, those, those guys. You know, depending on what they do, would dictate. Okay, do they need to go get a defensive tackle? You know, they do get Landon Jackson back at the defensive end spot, so you know, you get that guy. You know, I, I liked what I saw from Nico Devilliers from uh, uh, this past season, so he's back. You know, Jashad Stewart's another potential super senior. Uh, if he could stay healthy, they they liked what he they seen from him. Just he has a hard time staying on the field uh, from a health perspective, so. Uh, I think the defensive line is still kind of a question. Is okay, what all are they going to go get? Although I wouldn't be surprised if they try to go get get another edge rusher to complement um, Lane and Jackson, just because you know Trajan Jeffcoat's moving on, Zach Williams is moving on uh, as a super. He was a super senior this past year, so um, they, they, I, I think they could add another edge rusher. But I think to me, he's on defense linebackers, the number one spot they got to target. Speaking with Andrew Hutchinson of Best of Arkansas Sports here on Out of Bounds. Andrew, I want to go back to the wide receiver spot because I thought it was so fascinating. First off, that you have players that feel like, hey, I have to say something on social media that I am coming back, which I think is just funny nowadays because they got to make that announcement. But it certainly seemed like like something happened with the wide receivers all at once because then you had Andrew Armstrong announce he's coming back. You had Isaac Tesla announce he's coming back. You had Tyrone Broden announce he's coming back. You had Jaden Wilson announce he's coming back. And it was all within like a 48-hour span. Do you think something specific happened with the wide receiver group and them all announcing it so close together, or was it just a mere coincidence that they all decided to come back? You know, it could have been just one of those things where they're all buddies, they're all hanging out, and they're like, hey, well, we, you know, my buddy just announced he's coming back, so I better get it out there that I'm coming back, you know. Uh, I, personally, I refuse to write about, you know, like like Jane Johnson at the safety spot, like, he announced he's coming back. I'm not writing a story about that because he was a junior. He's not even a guy that's having to use a super senior season. He wasn't a draft prospect. You know, it's not like Landon Jackson where everyone thought maybe he was going to go to the NFL draft. So to me, that's that's not necessarily not necessarily news newsworthy. Um, but you know, with the receivers, I mean, Andrew Armstrong coming back—that's big time in my opinion. I mean, he's your leading receiver uh, in his first year playing in the SEC after coming from an FCS school. You know what? What could he do in his second year in in the in the SEC and you know playing for a Bobby Petrino system that <laughs> we remember what he did at Arkansas. We remember Jarius Wright, Joe Adams, Greg Childs, all those guys. What could he do in in that system? I think that's that's got to be exciting for receivers. So that maybe also played into it is the receivers. Maybe maybe they all got together and decided to pull up some 2010, 2011 Razorback highlights. They're like, all right, yeah, this, this is what we this is what we want to do. How would you sum up what we saw from Razorback basketball versus Oklahoma? Ugly. (laughs) (laughs) Just to keep it short and sweet, I mean, yeah, it was was not pretty. Um, This team is not playing well right now, and uh, we saw at Eric Musselman's post-game press conference, that guy is frustrated as all can be. You know, we saw him get ejected. I think that was, you know, partially his anger at the rest, but also he already wasn't happy because of the way his team was playing. I mean, it was a really good game for 16 minutes. And then the last four minutes of the uh, first half, it just all went to just, uh, just, it was horrible. I mean, they got out, I think, 14 to 2 to end the half. And then, of course, they ended up getting down by as many as 19 in the second half. It was definitely not a nine point game like the final score indicated. It was a much, much larger uh, blowout than that. They, it was really not that competitive. So, I don't know what they've got to do, but the good news is you do have Eric Musselman as your head coach. Uh, this guy has proven that he can get things figured out. Now, does that guarantee it's going to happen this year? No. I mean, you, you definitely have a right as an Arkansas fan to be concerned that you're 6-4 and four, 10 games into the season. That that hasn't happened uh, since that, I think it was 2015-2016 season when Mike Anderson, when they went 16-16. and 16. That's the last time they had a bad a start like this. So, I would say it's concerning, but again, you do have the advantage of Eric Musselman. If anybody can figure it out, he's the guy that can because he's, he's done it the last three years when they've had a, a rough patch like this. I felt like, Andrew, I know you were there at Tulsa too, I felt like that play at the end of the half where Jalen Graham hit like a really deep three and it went in, but it was after the horn already sounded. I'm like, that kind of sums up Arkansas's game right there is just, you know, it's like the stuff that does like that needs to count, they can't do it, but then in times where 
You know, it may not count or may not matter. Like at the end of the game, going on an 8-0 run or, you know, making yeah. as many free throws as they did. It's just like it was all for naught because uh, it really didn't matter. And I think that that's something, because of the record, I think that there's factors that play into it. Of course, no one's saying that they're playing well, but, you know, the competition's definitely been maybe a little bit higher than what it's been previously. But uh, just what do you think has been the most consistent problem? Because sometimes we've seen them do really good things offensively and sometimes not. Sometimes we've seen him play good defense, sometimes not. But as far as the consistent problem, what do you think has been the biggest one for this team? I think knowing, knowing Eric Musman and the, what, the way he likes to play, I think the most concerning thing is the defense. You know, Musk has talked about it several times. Like, they're, the guards have a hard time keeping guys just in front of them. And, I mean, that's, I think that's part of the reason Arkansas has so many blocks this year. You know, they're a top-ten team in the country in terms of blocks per game, and well, you're, you're going to have a lot whenever you have a lot of opportunities to block shots at the rim uh, because you're just getting beat all the time. And I think that's probably the most frustrating thing considering you thought that that should be a strength, you know, theoretically because you've got Devo Davis is back and we know he's a lockdown defender. Uh, Tremont Mark came in from Houston. Everyone, you know, talks about him being a, a shutdown defender as well. Um, and, and the other guys, maybe they don't have as much of a, a defensive reputation, but you're like, well, if you're going to play for Eric Musselman, you're going to have to learn how to play defense. And 10 games in, we just haven't seen that yet. And what's frustrating is that we've seen it happen at times, but they just haven't been consistent with it. And I think that's the most infuriating thing. It's like, why don't you just do it every single game? Uh, and they just kind of haven't quite figured that out yet. So, I mean, I think if they could, if they could just learn how to defend better, then I think that would help. Uh, but, again, also, I mean, the offense is also concerning. There's been times where you're just looking at out there and going, what, what are they doing? Like, they're just, just – stagnant and uh that that's also a concern but but knowing muscle history i'd say the defense has been my biggest concern well speaking of the offense being stagnant who do you think uh the play should go through who should be the guy that they ultimately play through or do you think there are multiple guys on this team that it could change depending on the matchup or you know just night to night I mean i think on paper and we've seen it a little bit is that it should be it could be a different guy every night. Now, I mean, I will say, uh, Caleb Battle is, I think, probably your maybe your best offensive threat. You know, I don't know. I can't remember if he's leading the team in scoring. It's Mark or whatever. It's, I know it's close. Um, but until until this past Saturday, Battle has been a very efficient scorer for you. He's a guy that can either get to the basket and finish, make a three, get to the basket, drive the basket, and get fouled and hit free throws at a high rate. Um, we saw him make some free throws against Oklahoma, but he was also, I think, like 2 of 10 or something like that from the floor, and that's just that was very uncharacteristic of him. Um, but I, I think he's probably the guy that makes the offense go as well as Trevor Brazil. I mean, that guy is so vital. I mean, he played on Saturday, and I give him a lot of credit for that, playing through the injury, uh, because leading up to the game, it did not sound like he was going to be able to play. I mean, he goes out there and gives him 15 minutes, didn't score, only had one rebound, so he definitely wasn't himself. But I think if, if you get if you get Battle and, and, and Brazil going, I think that really helps your offense because those guys are just so gifted offensively. Um, and, and especially with Brazil being able to knock down threes, kind of stretch out the defense, be a pick-and-pop guy like Musselman has said, uh, that, that's, those, are, those are the two key guys to, to get things going offensively in my opinion. Hutch, you know, it's. I agree with all that you said about Muss and about you know time of the season and you know can turn it around and everything. But I guess the question is, is at what point do the concerns really come in? At what point of the season? Because I feel like we do this every year. But is, is there going to be a certain time frame or a threshold where if they're having these same issues or the lack of consistency, you're, you're going to start saying, okay, this is bad. This is a bad team. This is this is not going to be a thing. Like. At what point do we start actually talking about that? Because even last year, I felt like uh, they didn't have it all click until they beat Kansas. And I mean, it's, it's, it sometimes goes that way. But when do you think it actually happens when you start having major concerns? Well, I think it, I think it really starts probably after you get into SEC play. You know, maybe the month of January will, will be big because they they've gotten themselves into a position now where they don't really have much wiggle room. You know, last year they went eight and ten in conference play and still made the NCAA tournament as an 8 or a 9 seed. And that's not going to happen. If they go 8 and 10 in conference play, I don't think they make the NCAA tournament because of the, the situation they're in right now. I mean, they're, even if they win these last three you know, non-conference games, that gets you to, to 9 and 4, right? And then if you win 8 games, that's only 17 wins. 
and you're going to have a bad net ranking because it's bad right now. It's like a hundred and something. Uh, so that, that's something that they're going to have to they're going to have to get going sooner rather than later in SEC play. Uh, that's that's why I would hit the panic button earlier than normal uh, this year, just because of the the body of work that they've had so far during non-conference play. Because you know last year it really helped. They had a really high net ranking. You know after non-conference play, that's what helped them. Uh, still, you know they were never really in danger of missing the NCAA tournament. So uh, that I would hit the panic button sometime in January if they're still losing in SEC play because then you're going to have to put yourself in a position where you you win out or you win you know all but one game or maybe have to make a run in the SEC tournament. And you know, we haven't really seen them do that you know in the SEC tournament for for quite some time. You know probably ever since Eric Musselman's been here, they haven't done a too much damage in the SEC tournament any more than they just have to, and uh, it'd be tough to go to, to Nashville and have to, to win the whole thing just to make the NCAA tournament. Yeah, well, luckily for Arkansas, SEC play will be here, and it doesn't, it doesn't seem like many SEC teams have found any consistency either, uh, at least maybe not as badly as Arkansas, but definitely has some struggles with some quality teams, so maybe in SEC play it'll all start to figure itself out, but that'll be here before we know it. Still got a few games left, and you know Arkansas will be facing off against Lipscomb right here in North Little Rock at Simmons Bank Arena on Saturday. So, Andrew, as always, man, we appreciate you joining us. Great stuff. Great job. You can follow all of his stuff at bestofarkansasports.com. Also follow him on Twitter, X, whatever, at NWA Hutch. Enjoy it as always, man. Have a great weekend. We'll be catching up with you later down the road, all right? Sounds good, man. Thanks. I appreciate it again. That was Andrew Hutchinson joining us. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to have best and worst of the weekend. And we'll also get to more of your phone calls and text messages here on a Reaction Monday presented by Fleet Management Services. You won't want to miss it, so you better stay tuned. You're on Out of Bounds. Fitzhill, the doctor of football, each Thursday night at 7 for the West Rock Coffee Recruiting Intelligence Report. The doctor of football will keep you up to date with the latest recruiting analysis. Brought to you in part by Ortho Rehab, Express Airport Parking, Diamond Medical, Blue Train, and Authentic Manhood. Only on your fun and game station, 1037 The Buzz. This is Sports Center. In Major League Baseball, Shohei Otani got a record-breaking 10-year, $700 million deal with the Los Angeles Dodgers. Otani's new contract is the largest in Major League Baseball history by more than $250 million. The previous largest was his now old teammate Mike Trout, who signed a $426 million deal in 2019. The average annual salary of $70 million is also the largest in baseball history by a large margin, as Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer had the previous highs with $43.3 million a year. His $70 million a year is also more than the Oakland Athletics and the Baltimore Orioles pay their entire payroll. Patrick Mahomes was the previous record holder for the largest contract in North American sports history as he had $450 million. The deal is not yet official as the Dodgers are still trying to create room on the roster for him. I'm Christian Weaver with the Buzz Radio Network. At Eat My Catfish, fall is our favorite time of the year, and football season isn't the only thing making a comeback. Available now, our famous shrimp gumbo and Cajun boudin balls make their return to the menu. Order online at eatmycatfish.com. Eat local, eat fresh, eat my catfish. Was the month of Christmas and the fat man had a bone to pick. A peculiar problem for old St. Nick. All his elves had lost their ways because instead of toys, everyone wanted new Hyundais. Santa nearly went insane over the getaway sales event at Kris Kreme. But when he saw the SUVs of Hyundais, Santa declared, I too shall upgrade my sleigh. So if you hear a rumble in the night with a sleek new Hyundai in sight, just know it's Santa on his way in a new Palisade from Kris Kreme Hyundai. So I have been in the operating room most of my career watching people have orthopedic surgery, watching people get knees replaced, hips replaced, shoulders fixed, and I knew there had to be a better way. That's Dr. Daniel Zuckerman, a medical director for QC Kinetics, the nation's leader in non-invasive regenerative treatments for pain relief. I see so many people who could have been helped before they got to the operating room if only they had known about regenerative medicine. QC Kinetics, a natural alternative that uses your body's own healing process 
properties to help restore and repair damaged joint tissue, providing long-lasting relief without drugs, surgery, or downtime. Well, it feels great when I do get to see somebody who we help, who I know I kept out of the operating room. It's amazing how we change people's lives without surgery. Call QC Kinetics for your free consultation. Call QC Kinetics, 501-222-8440. That's 501-222-8440. 501-222-8440. If you are looking for a safe and loving home for you or your loved one, visit Heartland Rehabilitation and Care Center. Just 15 minutes from Little Rock in Benton, our skilled nursing staff is dedicated to providing quality long-term care and short-term therapy. Visit heartlandrehabcenter.com. You can call Heartland home. This is Pat Bradley for Alcoa Community Federal Credit Union in their New Year's Auto Loan Special. Listen close. Offer ends January 31st. 3.99% interest on 22, 23, and 24 models. No payments for 90 days or up to 84 months financing. Don't delay. The Alcoa Community FCU New Year's Auto Loan Special with rates as low as 3.99% ends January 31st. Get pre-approved online at alcoacommunityfcu.org. Serving Celine, Grant, Garland, Hot Spring, and Perry Counties. Hi, I'm Hunter Bell from Bell Chevrolet. This holiday season, I want to take a moment to express our gratitude to our valued customers and friends. This time of year reminds us of the importance of family, community, and of giving. Your trust and support have been the foundation of our success for over 100 years. And for that, we are truly thankful. So from all of us at Bell Chevrolet, we wish you a Merry Christmas. Visit bellchevrolet.com today. Find new roads. Have a watch party that everyone wants to attend at your house with the best of meats in the business. Hogs Meat Market, the steak people. You're listening to Out of Bounds with John Neighbors and Joe Franklin. Ellis out front, had it knocked away, got it back, drives the paint to the rim. It's good and one. How about that? L. Ellis, quick as a hiccup. On 1037 The Buzz. It's a great time to get the Twin Peaks for happy hour, 2 to 7, later happy hour, 10 to close. Enjoy all the food and drink specials that go along with it. Get a lunch combo starting as low as $7.99. If you want to take some food to go, you can order online, curbside, or to go, courtesy of Postmates, DoorDash, and Uber Eats. Great drink specials during happy hour, apps for 2 4 and $6. You can see the great selection of drinks as you walk through the door at Twin Peaks before you even into the front door you can see it there in in the lobby going in and twin peaks has plenty of seating inside and out wall-to-wall tvs to see all the sports action it's a great time of the year to sit outside by the fire pit and enjoy some great food and drinks and also if you're looking for the sports action tonight for monday night football two games going on titans at dolphins and packers at giants twin peaks is always the best place to watch all sports action going on it's Twin Peaks, eats, drinks, scenic views. It is Reaction Monday, presented by Fleet Management Services here on Out of Bounds. And uh, we'll have uh, Best Worst of the Weekend here in just a little bit. But uh, how about this? We're talking about the Kansas City Chiefs and their frustrations with the call and everything from yesterday. Well, Andy Reid uh, did a Zoom call today and had a follow-up response to uh, uh, Tony and where his feet were set and where he was set and... Here's what uh, he had to say. Well, yeah, so listen, normally normally it looks over to the sideline and just gets an okay. Um, and on that one, he just happened not to. So that would be the coaching point. Just okay. make sure you check. Make sure you check with the guy on the on the side just to see if you're aligned. I mean, he's not lining up offsides on purpose. Um, and listen, he was two inches away from from or an inch from being legal. And, um, you know, so, I, I mean, you know, you, you can always, like I said, you can argue both sides, but it's uh, um, for both teams. There, there are things that happen where people, um, you know, just it happens like that. So I guess the league's trying to clean that up I, from what I heard um, uh, by one of the broadcasters last night. So I didn't, I, I don't, you know, whatever. That was uh, yeah, Andy Reid response. The league's trying to clean it up from what he heard from one of the broadcasters. Now, they say at the beginning of the season they will let teams know what they're emphasizing or if something happens midseason and they want to emphasize it, they're going to let the teams know. They're going to let the coaches, the players, everybody is going to be on board with that. It's not something that 
You're just going to find out through another source. You're not going to be going back and listening to the television broadcast and be like, oh, I didn't know that they were doing those things. How about that? I wasn't even sure. Uh, yeah, I doubt that's the case, but uh, you know, that was at least a follow-up response there from Andy Reid. Uh, let's go to Tommy, who's in Little Rock. What's up, Tommy? Oh, not much, guys. Uh, <clears throat> I guess uh, I've been watching Razorback basketball long enough to uh, kind of get a feel that I'm I'm starting to feel like people are hitting the panic button here on the on the Razorbacks, and uh, I think it's you lost Tommy. Sorry about that, Tommy. Uh, but uh, as far as the panic button goes, uh, to just respond to that part at least. You know, that's just fans are going to do that. They do it every year. They do it in every sport, and it happens. But it's a long season. You got to see how it plays out. But uh, yeah, there's there's definitely cause for concern. There's no question. Let's uh, go to Ryan in Hot Springs. What's up, Ryan? Hey, buddy. I, I had a question for y'all. Uh, maybe y'all can explain it for me a little better. Uh, so I get that there's. I, I'm guessing it's the the potential for this quarterback. I was looking at some of his stats, and I, I mean, I see that he's super mobile. But can y'all explain to me the hype on this guy? Like I said. It, I mean, I, I don't doubt there's a reason we went and got him, and I saw that he's highly touted. I just, I guess I saw the the 11 touchdowns, the nine interceptions. I guess that's kind of where I'm at with it. So I'm I'm sorry to sound like I'm not a hater. I'm not. I don't hate it. I just, I guess I don't fully understand. Is it just his potential that they're looking at, or uh, what? I just, if uh, y'all just take my call, and like I said, I, like I said, I don't hate it. I just, I guess I don't fully. I guess get it. I guess. Uh, I hope y'all have a great day and go hogs. All right, appreciate it, Ryan. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, I think that there's potential. That's part of it. But from my understanding, too, this was a quarterback that Bobby Petrino was really hot and heavy after coming out of high school. Apparently, he really liked him when he was coming out of high school, liked his game. And uh, the numbers that are up there, yeah, he was up and down, didn't have uh, significant numbers. But uh, apparently, not just Arkansas, but other teams in college football, major teams in college football, liked enough of what they saw and maybe it was the potential maybe it's about the system maybe it's about the fit but the whatever it is there were a lot of teams besides Arkansas that really liked them so maybe uh there's something more to them than what they actually got to see from them there at Boise State that, that's what stands out the most that there were several teams that wanted him and then as Andrew Hutchinson mentioned you know he was splitting time with another quarterback and that was something that may have hampered his play a bit so there's um there some there's something that they like about him and you know one thing they could probably think about is his size and the fact that he's able to move at that size yeah because we mentioned with Petrino he he loves some big quarterbacks tall quarterbacks loves those types of guys so uh but yeah I guess we'll have to wait and see uh, how that plays out and if he ends up being the guy all right let's go ahead and jump into best and worst of the weekend it was the best of times in your life have you seen anything like that it was the worst of times It's time for the best and worst of the weekend on Out of Bounds. All right, it is time for best and worst of the weekend. Starting out with the best of the weekend. There was quite a few things uh, to choose from, but I'm going to give a shout-out and be saying that the best of the weekend I saw was the Dallas Cowboys' performance over the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, you know, it's still a long season, still a lot of games left. Well, I say it's a long season. It's definitely getting to the further uh, end of it, but... Uh, the fact that the Cowboys, who were kind of embarrassed the first time around that they played the Eagles, to come back and return the favor where they win last night 33-13 to over the Eagles and is able to have a tie now with the Eagles in the NFC East division, both sitting at 10-3, and was truly impressive. And we know that you know Mike McCarthy had the surgery over the week and didn't know if he was going to be back, and he was back, and... Uh, they were able to take care of business and looked uh, pretty dominant there for the first half and never really looked back. So, you know, anytime that the Cowboys get a lot of crap for rightfully so a lot of times, want to give them some respect. That was a great performance by them. So far, it's been a great year for them. And now the division there in the NFC East is a tight one as both teams are tied for the lead. Best of the Ravens in the way that they were able to win that game versus the Rams yesterday. It was a tight, hard-fought game that went back and forth. And um, then it went to overtime. The Ravens ended it in overtime with a punt return. It looked like it was going to be stopped short, and the returner just kept going. He kept going down the sideline, ran through some tackles, made his way into the end zone in a rainy game. So 
It was a big-time credit to him being able to keep his feet and get to the end zone. Did you see all the people complaining about the officiating in that one, too, because there was a block on the back on the punt? I mean, it's all that and all those people talking about that play, too. So Yeah, yeah, that happens on punts quite a bit, and sometimes it's missed. They're not going to get them all right, folks. Uh, Another best of the weekend I wanted to throw in, the Army-Navy game, man. Like, I know we talked about it last week of saying how cool it is and the tradition of it being the only college football game that day. It's got its own little college football weekend, college football Saturday. And Army ends up winning... 17-11. 17-11. to 11. They become bowl eligible. They're 6-6. Six and six. Navy drops to 5-7. and seven. Game ended on a safety, which was funny. But besides all that, seeing the pageantry and the tradition that goes along with it and the celebration afterwards and, you know, the rushing of the field, like, that's the type of cool stuff where, you know, Army and Navy doesn't get talked about in the national college football landscape, uh, you know, because usually they don't have any national championship contending football teams. Um, they don't have, you know, a lot of the other amenities that other schools do, but you could just show, see how much it means to those cadets and those people that are involved in the fans and everything whenever this game happens. And so it's just awesome. That's a great – you know, there's a lot of ways to end a regular season, and sometimes the regular season just ends with no uh, pomp and circumstance. But uh, I'd be hard-pressed to find a better end to a regular season than what college football has with the Army-Navy game because it never disappoints. It's always awesome, and the tradition and pageantry surrounding it was great. So even though that was the only game, it was the only game that really anybody needed if you enjoy college football. Best to the Lakers, LeBron and Bronny. They had a really good weekend where the Lakers won the end season tournament. LeBron got the MVP. Bronny made his debut for USC, and it all worked out where they were able to see each other's games because they weren't going at the same time. But uh, best, you know, definitely to the Lakers for taking away this first end season tournament trophy. And then LeBron throughout the tournament. He was the best player in the championship game. AD put up some big-time numbers, but if you look at they played seven games overall, then LeBron was definitely the best throughout. Uh, I don't know. I can't, we can't play it just for obvious reasons, but did you see the clip of Kevin Garnett talking with Paul Pierce about LeBron? Did you happen to see that clip? No. You need to check it out. It was really funny because you know, we know how Paul Pierce feels about LeBron and said that uh, LeBron's not a top 10 player in the league right now is what he's saying. Well, Garnett just went off on Stephen A. Smith recently, so you can imagine, um, yeah, he's he's definitely in the LeBron ballpark as far as how good he is. And, and Garnett even went a step further where he's saying, quit putting limitations on all these guys, LeBron, Steph Curry, quit saying that, you know, they're the second best. He's like, these are guys who have changed the game forever. Yeah, I, I like – I. It's almost blown away because KG went on a rant, and you know, it's pretty uh, vulgar. Vulgar because I think it was on a podcast live stream, so it was pretty unfiltered. But man, he he went in on it, and it was funny to see the reaction because I don't think anybody was uh, expecting that to happen. Uh, worst of the weekend, though. Uh, moving on to that portion of it, uh, I, I wanted to go out and just say the game there in Tulsa for Arkansas and Oklahoma. You know, your Razorback fan it was a bad game for you, but taking that, all that aside, take just take the game out. I like the BOK Center when I've gone there for game or no, for concerts. It's been great. But I could not think of a more miserable place that has housed a, quote, major college basketball game than the BOK Center. This is my first time going, so maybe it's just a bad time or whatever. But it just seemed like there was zero effort put into it as far as any sort of entertainment, any sort of things surrounding it. Uh, any sort of like things that would be cool for people who've never experienced that over there before. The fact that only they have elevators in the in the building, of course, to go up to different floors, and they have two elevators set for most places. Well, only one of the elevators on each side was working, and I asked the ladies, like, why is that the case? They're like, oh, we don't power up all of our elevators for this reason. It's like, what? What? I mean, is it are you guys losing money? Like, what? What does that mean? You're not using both elevators. So long lines for elevators. The elevators were slow. Uh, it, it just didn't have any fun surrounding it. Uh, I think the game also made it worse, too. But I was just really, really, really disappointed. Uh, the, why, the, the Internet didn't work, which I sound like such a millennial here. But uh, the Internet didn't work effectively. Uh, the accommodations weren't great. I just was not impressed at all with the lack of effort from the BOK Center for that game. So, again, maybe it's just my one experience. Maybe you had a good one. But I was uh, extremely disappointed with that and the game. So double whammy there, but that was the worst of the weekend for me. Best to Devin Haney, who got a dominant win over Regis Progray. 
on all cards won 120 to 107 and just uh just a big time performance where he won every round and he got a knockdown worse to patrick mahomes for all the complaining or worse to the eagles three fumbles in the game maybe more of a credit to the cowboys and what they were able to do on defense and vegas dave says the first time the eagles and cowboys played it was under a minute left from the five yard line first and goal and cowboys didn't come away with a win so it wasn't that they were embarrassed the first time they just didn't get it done at the end of the game i guess i was thinking of the 49ers is that who embarrassed them right that's who embarrassed them okay that's what I thought. All right, so I got that mixed up. Sorry about that, Eagles fans and Cowboys fans. It was a close game this time, first time around, but it wasn't last night. And that's your best and worst of the weekend. We're going to take a, another break, and we'll close out this hour, get into your Razor Hog update presented by True Service. And uh, we'll get to hear from Eric Musselman after the game against Oklahoma on Saturday and also get into some of the other news and some uh, big storylines. Pretty rough weekend for Razorback basketball, both men's and women's. But uh, some craziness going on with football in the portal, so we'll give you some updates on that. And keep it moving here on Out of Bounds and Reaction Monday, presented by Fleet Management Services. So stay with us. Are you still on the sidelines? Then it's time you suit up and get in the game. Download Arkansas's favorite sports wagering app, Bet Saracen, today. Pickup truck, sports car, motorcycle, minivan, townhouse, two-story, farmhouse, fixer-upper. What you drive and where you live is different for everyone, so it's important to have insurance that fits your needs and is just right for you. At Shelter Insurance, we understand that, which is why our agents help you design a comprehensive auto, home, and life insurance plan. Insurance that fits just right. See Shelter Agent Matt Steele in Bryant, Todd Matthews in Benton, or Justin Stewart in Malvern today. This is Pat Bradley for River City Flooring, where you can pick your payment. Get 0% interest for 12, 24, or 36 months, and River City Flooring in Maumelle is where you'll save 50% on all in-stock waterproof LVP flooring. And did you know River City Flooring carries cabinets? So stop in and let my friends at River City Flooring help you with your remodel. Kitchen, bath, living, dining, they do it all. Check out River City Flooring in Maumelle at their huge new showroom on Maumelle Boulevard just off 430. Coach Muss and the Hogs return to the loudest neutral site arena in the country. It's Simmons Bank Arena in North Little Rock, Arkansas on December 16th. Be there and be loud as the Razorbacks battle Lipscomb on Saturday, December 16th, 5 p.m. Call the Hogs with Arkansas's own Devo Davis, Layden Blocker, and the rest of the squad by securing your seats today at the Arena ticket office or by visiting SimmonsBankArena.com Hey, you. The one on the couch you just told your friend you can't go out because you're busy? Ready to get real about your psoriasis? When your current treatments don't do enough to help control the inflammation beneath the skin, causing plaques and pain, stressing and scratching, it's time to stop hiding and get real with your dermatologist so they can help you get clear. Get real clear about psoriasis at letsgetrealclear.com. Sponsored by AbbVie. What's holding you back from learning the language you've always wanted to know? Too hard. Takes too long. Not with Babbel. Babbel's lessons take just 15 minutes a day. 15 minutes isn't long. Nope. And they're fun. So you don't realize you're learning a language, but you are. In three weeks, you're able to start having conversations. And Babbel's lessons are built around real life. And with Babbel, it isn't hard. It's It's perfect. perfect. Start learning a new language today. Go to Babbel.com. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. At Edwards Food Giant, they know your family is important. And they also know that your time and convenience is as well. So why not take advantage of their heat and eat items in their deli department? Those famous Edwards Food Giant signature dishes with many of the same entrees and recipes that are served daily in the hot bar. All ready to take home and serve to your family tonight. This week's special is shepherd's pie for only $7.49 per pound with Edwards Signature Peach Cobbler for $5.49 per pound. Roger Scott, I'm going to talk to you about Sigma Supply Packaging Products and how they think outside. 
outside the box. Sigma Supply, the problem solvers. Now, they've been helping business owners for years with their waste audit analysis program. They're going to come in, they're going to analyze your packaging and shipping, and see if automation is what you need to cut costs. Call or text sales manager David Breitenberg with Sigma Supply, and you can schedule your waste audit analysis. Here's the number, 501-617-4600. Sigma Supply packaging products. If you're not using Sigma Supply, you got low-grade product, man. Clint Sterner joins Justin and Wes in the zone, courtesy of Chris Crane, Hyundai of Con. Shop Chris Crane Hyundai's selection of new and pre-owned vehicles online at ChrisCraneHyundai.com. It's Quint Sterner in the Zone each week, brought to you by Chris Crane Hyundai of Conway on your fun and game station, 103.7 The Buzz. Want to voice your opinion so you don't have to hear the same terrible callers every day? Are you behind on your credit card bills? Good, pick up the phone and start dialing. Is your landlord ready to evict you? Good, pick up the phone and start dialing. Does your girlfriend think you're a worthless loser? Good, pick up the phone and start dialing. Then call or text 501-661-1037 to help the cause. You're listening to Out of Bounds with John Neighbors and Joe Franklin. I must dig my dick in the mashed potatoes. Go Hogs! On 1037 The Buzz. Out of bounds, folks, and I know that it is the middle of December. We're just, what is it, two weeks away officially from Christmas? That's just insane. It's absolutely insane. And maybe you're needing some uh, last minute, I guess last minute, but still getting closer, some gift ideas, Christmas gift ideas for your family and loved ones. Well, how about that uh, person in your life that needs that extra gun? Because, let's be honest, Max Prairie Wings there in Stuttgart as you cover, because they have a question, how many guns does one need? Well, the answer is just one more. And right now, Max Prairie Wings in Stuttgart is the place to go for just that one more gun because they're featuring up to $200 off select in-stock Browning shotguns and rifles, as well as a $75 rebate on a Beretta A300 Ultima and a $150 rebate on the Beretta A400. Also, the Weatherby 18i Waterfowl 12-gauge Super Mag 3.5 and Mossy Oak Bottomland is on sale right now at Max Prairie Wings for just $849.99. And if you're in the market for a new handgun, Max carries a huge selection of all calibers as well. Like right now, the Stoger STR9 9mm automatic is just $249.99 after rebate, and they have plenty of inventory there. So go and check out their entire gun selection and the huge ammo sale that is going on right now either at their store there in Stuttgart or you can shop them online at maxpw.com that's m-a-c-k-s-p-w.com it's Max Prairie Wings the hunt begins here it is Reaction Monday presented by Fleet Management Services here on Out of Bounds and we're going to have Chris Gordy joining us of Sports Talk 790 here in about 10 to 15 minutes. We're going to talk a lot of NFL with him and Heisman and Jaden Daniels and all that fun stuff. So uh, we look forward to that. But there's a lot of things happening on the Razorback side of things. So let's go ahead and jump into your Razor Aug update presented by True Service. Guys, I've got just one thing I want to say to you. Touchdown, Arkansas! Arkansas wins the national championship! The Arkansas Razorbacks have completed the dream season! On by! This is your Razor Hog Update on Out of Bounds, presented by True Service Community Federal Credit Union, where they offer new mortgage loans, refinancing, auto loans, and small business loans. Online at trueservice.net. All right, so for your Razor Hog Update, Arkansas lost to Oklahoma 79-70 to there in Tulsa in Razorback men's basketball. And here's what Eric Musselman had to say after the game as far as early season struggles for his team. The team right now is not playing with the same personality uh, as our past teams the last four years. we got to get a lot better. I think we play three games in the next 20 days. You know, rotations, um, roles, all those things are, are you know, there's going to be some changes. Um, so we'll go back, we'll watch the film. Uh, Positive is tonight we, we, we finally created some steals. Um, so that's a positive. 
finishing at the rim is a huge issue and not only not finishing at the rim but falling down and now transition defense it's been going on all year so uh, we've shown film we've done drills so we got you know and we got to get a lot better organizing uh, on the floor from the point guard spot I mean shot clock violations there's a lot of things we have to and one of them is defense because Arkansas's defense has definitely been struggling, which is such a weird thing to see for an Eric Musselman coach team. It was guarding the three, right? I don't know, at halftime they had one made three. I didn't get to see anything much after that. So we guarded the three better. Again, I, I got bad eyes, so I can't see their percentage. Um, that was a big focus was not just Oklahoma. That's when we're trying to fix ourselves is to not give up threes. I mean, we have guys that are that are really struggling defensively, and some of the guys, quite frankly, have, have struggled, you know, in the past too. Scheme-wise, technique-wise, we're doing what we've done for nine years in college, and uh, this group has not grasped or has not executed whatever word you want to use, like the last however many years I've been coaching college. Yes, it's been frustrating for Musk, but they got to figure it out, and they have a whole week before they play again. They'll be facing off against Lipscomb here in North Little Rock at Simmons Bank Arena. And that game's always an interesting one, but always a great atmosphere and packed out. And I think this is the first year they're actually going to be streaming it uh, on ESPN+. Plus. So you have a chance to watch it if you can't make it to the game, but you can just listen to it right here on 103.7 The Buzz because we'll play it too. Uh, and some Razorback women's basketball, they had a pretty uh, epic fail, as they like to call it. But they ended up losing to in-state team UAPB, by a final score of 74 to 70, and UAPB outscored Arkansas 42 to 28 in the second half. A big comeback for them. So, congratulations to UAPB. That's a huge win for them and their program. Uh, but definitely uh, a problem there for Mike Neighbors and his team because they're trying to get back on track. Especially in the fact that they've had so many struggles as it is this year and players that have left, like Sasha Goforth, and so uh, they need to get back on track. They're still eight and three, still a lot of season left, but definitely not the loss that you want to have if you're coaching neighbors but I uh, do want to do give it and give a shout out to Razorback Volleyball because I know that they made it to the Sweet 16 for the first time uh, first time in a long time made it to the Elite 8 for the first time ever and they unfortunately fell short against the number one team in the country Nebraska over the weekend and uh, gave them all that they wanted but it was too little too late but uh, just an outstanding performance an outstanding year for Razorback Volleyball and a shout-out to them for having a great year, and hopefully this is something they can continue to build on and get back to it and even compete for a national championship, but they fell short over the weekend, too. And there you have it. There's your Rage Rock update presented by True Service. We'll take a break. Top of the hour update coming up, and we'll have Chris Gordy joining us next. You won't want to miss it, so stay tuned. You're on Out of Bounds. What's good, y'all? Clint Sterner here for Low T Center. Fellas, when it comes to your health, every man should know his testosterone number. What's that mean? It's simple. You need to schedule an appointment at Low T Center immediately. It's quick. It's easy. Hell, it's only $25. Walk in, take a simple blood test, get the results in about 25 minutes. So if you've been feeling tired and grumpy, sensing a lack of motivation and drive, dealing with high cholesterol, noticing stubborn weight gain, and or loss of muscle mass, it's on you, fellas. Go to LowTCenter.com now to 